Father, we would not be here this morning if it weren't for your mercy. Lord, we know how undeserving we are of your love, your compassion, your grace. Lord, we are sinners. Uh, We are rebels. And Lord, we know what we deserve is, is death and separation from you. We deserve hell. But Father, in your mercy, you have saved us. And in your mercy, you have forgiven our sins. In your mercy, you have given us new life. In your mercy, you have given us eternal life with you. Lord, we can never say thank you enough, never sing enough songs, and never say enough words. Yet, Lord, we will continue with our breath, with our life, from now to eternity, saying thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, I know we need your mercy in our life every day. For, Lord, living life is difficult. It's difficult with the tragedies, sickness, death. It's difficult with Satan and his demons trying to distract us and destroy us and discourage us. Lord, life is very difficult. And so, Lord, we need your mercy every day. And I'm thankful today, Lord Jesus, for the word where we see your power in the presence of all of this. And we see, Lord, how you overcome and how you have control and how just with words you control nature and the demons, how you raise the dead. So, Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged this morning. And I pray that, Lord, we would be reminded of who you are and that we would therefore face each and every moment of our life with faith, with hope, with courage. I pray you would teach us these things, Lord Jesus, as we come to your word. And I pray in your name, amen. As you've heard me pray, we're going to talk about the power of Jesus this morning. I noticed again that a superhero movie has hit the box office and made millions, billions, gazillions of dollars. I don't know how many. It seems like every time there's a new superhero movie, it makes a lot of money. And so obviously, we as a nation love our superheroes. And I'm always amazed, too, that how these superheroes are... A lot different from the power that we see in Scripture that God Himself has. Uh, When we see Jesus in the Gospels, we don't see Him flying around and and, and fighting aliens. And uh, we don't see Him uh, uh, stopping buildings from falling on somebody or uh, building something back up that's fallen over. Those types of things we see superheroes do with their power is not what we see Jesus do with his. And I think as we see here in the Gospel of Luke, we'll see that Jesus is more with us in our everyday and what happens to us on a continual basis rather than what superheroes face with aliens and all these other villains. When we come to 
the Gospels, we are told that there is so much more that Jesus did that isn't recorded for us. John tells us Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. John's Gospel ends with this sentence. And there were also many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. We just have a sample. But what a sample we have of the power, the miracles that Jesus did. We are going through the Gospel of Luke and hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. As we began right before Christmas, we heard the stories of John the Baptist and Zechariah, and we heard the story of Jesus' birth, and then we heard also of how John the Baptist came, preparing the people for the Messiah's coming, and, and then Jesus prepared through his baptism and temptation to begin his public ministry. And now as we come to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 4 and beyond, Jesus shows who he is by what he does. And so one large part of Jesus' ministry was the miracles that he did. And so I want to look at them this morning. And obviously we don't have time to look at each and every miracle. And I would like to go quicker through the book of Luke than taking a year to go through it. So we're going to summarize the miracles of Jesus this morning that are particularly in the Gospel of Luke. But I've already hinted at it. Why did Jesus do miracles? Well, one reason was he had compassion on those who were hurting. I'm moved by the story of Jesus raising a widow's son to life. Because it begins with Jesus and his disciples seeing what you have seen many times. A funeral procession. And maybe you have thought the same. When you see one, you wonder who has passed. And you grieve with those who are grieving. Even though you don't know who they are. Jesus had compassion, we're told in Luke, when he saw that funeral procession. There was a woman who was a widow. Her husband had already passed. And now her only son was dead. And it moved the Lord to do something. He raised him to life. But why did he do it? He had compassion for this woman and what she had suffered and what she had gone through. Jesus cares for us. And what we go through in life, he understands it. And it moves him and he has compassion. And that is why he acts. It was also to show who he was. He made a claim that he was God. A claim that he was the Messiah. Well, that's a mighty claim that needs some proof and some backing if you're going to make that claim. And in fact, we read in Luke chapter 4, as Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee... He goes to the synagogue and it says, and he opens up the scripture 
to Isaiah and he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so Jesus stands in the synagogue and He reads a passage from the Old Testament that is pointing to the Messiah. And he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your presence. And then he sat down. I guess it's like a mic drop. You know, he stands up and he reads it. And he sits down and says, this is happening today. He is claiming to be the Messiah. He is claiming to be the Son of God. And then he shows it. And the miracles That he does. And in fact, going beyond the miracles, and one of the miracles, he also forgives sins. And that really gets the religious leaders upset because they realize only God can forgive sins. And Jesus in that moment backs up his claim of forgiving sins by healing the man who could not walk. So you see the connection? His miracles point to the fact that He is God and He is the Messiah. And because of that, His miracles also led people to believe in Him. When He turned water into wine, the first miracle that He did, but not recorded in Luke, recorded in John, but then John records that His disciples believed in Him. The miracles pointed to the fact that Jesus was God, and because of that, people who saw them believed that truth, and they followed Him. That's why Jesus did miracles, and also to give glory to God, the Father. Not every miracle, but many of them, when the people see it, when the person who is healed has it happen in their life, they praise God. Thank you, God. Glory to God. Look what God has done. God is a great and awesome God, and that awesomeness has been displayed. Let's praise Him and give Him thanks. And as the angels praise God continually in heaven, people do as well, and especially when they see the work of God. And so for all of these reasons... Jesus went throughout Galilee, at first Judea, doing miracles. Well, what kind of miracles did Jesus do? It's interesting to me the ones that he did and the ones he didn't do. Here are the kind that he did, really in four broad categories. One was his control over nature. Illustrated in calming the storm. You know that story well, the disciples in a boat about to drown because of the wind, the waves. But Jesus only had to speak words, be still. And the storm stopped and immediate calm came. Jesus turned water into wine, he multiplied bread, he cursed a fig tree. It showed that Jesus is control of nature. He created it. That's why he has control over it. A few of his miracles showed that power. 
Many more showed that he had control over the demons. In the Gospels, people are possessed by demons. The most extreme example is the man who they tried to chain up in the cemetery because he was super strong and he would also cut himself. And he was basically insane. He was wild. He was strong. Uh, they kept trying to bind him up and keep him away from everybody, but they couldn't. He'd keep breaking the chains. Uh, when Jesus confronted the demons, the demons said, we are legion. This wasn't one demon. Hundreds of demons in this man. But again, Jesus only had to speak a word to any of the demons. Just get out. That's all he had to say. And the demons had to obey. Some of the demon-possessed also had physical deformities because of their possession. And Jesus only had to speak. The demons left. They were healed. Jesus has control over Satan and his demons. We're most familiar, I think, with the miracles of healing. Making the blind to see. I mentioned the paralytic who couldn't walk. After he was healed, he could. Jesus healed those with a hand that was withered. People who couldn't speak. Remember a woman who was bleeding. Even Peter's mother-in-law who simply had a fever. We've all had that. Jesus healed her. Multiple examples of sickness, disease, and Jesus healed. It shows that he has power over the sicknesses and the illnesses, the diseases that ravish our bodies and our community. He has control over this COVID virus, and we've mentioned that many times. It's here for a reason. God has control over it. The most powerful and most comforting thing we learn is that Jesus has power over death. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus raises two people to life. One I've already mentioned to you, a widow's son. Right there, when the funeral procession is going, Jesus speaks to this man and he comes to life. Jairus' daughter was sick and he went to Jesus. In the meantime, as Jesus was traveling back to his daughter, she died. Only 12 years old. But Jesus spoke to her. And she came alive. Of course, from the Gospel of John, we know the story of Lazarus. Those famous words, Lazarus, come out! He was alive. Do you see, these are the four main categories. And I noticed nature, the demonic, sickness, death. What brings us sorrow? What brings us tragedy? What brings us a fear and despair? All these things. And most of our despair and sickness and every, uh, comes from these things. And Jesus showed that he had control over all of it. 
and that he could calm a storm, raise the dead, heal a sickness, cast out a demon. So, like I said earlier, superheroes, the things they did, I mean, how many of you had any confrontation with an alien? You know, so, I mean, the, the movies are, are fantasy, right? But all of us have had a fever and been sick. Does Jesus care about that? Yes. Can he heal us from that? Yes. Do you see, where we live every day in our life is where Jesus cares and Jesus acts and Jesus has power. That is what is so comforting about these miracles. Again, it's interesting to me what Jesus didn't do. There's no one recorded in the gospel that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, I need a lot of money. Uh, could you give me some, please? And Jesus said, sure, here's a bag of gold. I do have to say this, though, and I find this kind of humorous. I don't know if that's sacrilegious or not, but when Peter had to pay a tax, Jesus told him to go get a fish out of the water, and there, there was the, co the coin to pay the tax. So really the only time that Jesus did a miracle that involved money was to pay taxes. And I find that humorous. You know? So anyway, but that's the only time. And people weren't coming to him asking for money and he's blessing them with riches. Again, he wasn't doing the superhero things. He wasn't stopping carts that were going off the edge of the road so that people didn't die. When a tower in Siloam fell, he wasn't there to keep it from falling so that the people didn't die. I mean, I don't know why Jesus didn't do those things. He certainly could have, couldn't he? But I, I just find it interesting that some of the things that we pray for, and I think we should pray for anything and everything that we feel is a need. I, I really do. I don't think we should put our prayers into categories and say, well, only God will answer these prayers, or this is too small for God, or this is too big for God. No, we ask for anything and everything that is in our life that hurts or is a need or that we need help for. If it's not a right request, God will show that to us. God would much rather us be asking for things we shouldn't than not asking at all. But it is amazing to me how in our American culture today, a lot of the things that just people in general ask for, Christians ask for, even preachers are telling us to ask for. You know, riches... Fame, an easy life. Jesus didn't do miracles to bring that about. I find it interesting, too, as we continue to talk about these miracles, how he did them. Sometimes he would just speak. I've mentioned that. He just used his words. Jesus created the universe. And Genesis tells us it with, with words. Think how powerful the words of God are. That's all I had to say, especially to the demons. He would speak to them. To the storm, he spoke. It even indicates in Mark that maybe this was a demonic storm. Because Jesus in that storm was going to that man in the cemetery. So the demons didn't want Jesus to get across the, ocean, uh, the lake. He didn't want to get to that man in the cemetery. But Jesus was just able to speak. Sometimes he did touch. And we see the compassion of the Lord when he would touch the lepers when he healed them. 
They were unclean. No one was supposed to touch them and be near them. But Jesus touched them, healed them. So sometimes he used his touch. Sometimes he used his words. Remember the woman who for 12 years had suffered with bleeding? She touched Jesus' garment, and she was healed. And the amazing story of the centurion. This man was so humble that he didn't even want to go to Jesus. He had a servant who was sick. But he did not feel worthy enough to go and ask Jesus, so he sent his servants to go ask Jesus on his behalf. And Jesus is willing to go. Uh, But the message is, Jesus, don't bother coming. And not that I don't want you to come, Jesus, but you don't need to come. The centurion said, I know what it's like to command men and tell them to go here and to go there and to have authority. And so he says, Jesus, you have authority. You just say the word and I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus is amazed at that man's faith. He hadn't seen faith like that in anybody. This guy didn't even go to Jesus. This guy didn't even want Jesus to come. He asked Jesus, but he knew Jesus could heal from anywhere at any time without touching, without even to say anything. Jesus could do it. And so Jesus did heal his servant. No touch. We're not even told that he said any words. He just did it. That is the power of God. Jesus healed those who were faithless. Sometimes we're told we have to have faith or God isn't going to act. That's not true. In fact, we're told that storm, Jesus rebuked the disciples for having no faith. They didn't believe Jesus could calm that storm. They didn't ask Jesus to calm that storm. They just cried out, we're drowning. Do you care, Jesus? I mean, they're talking to Jesus, but they're blaming him and they're complaining. There's no words of request, Jesus, save us. There's no act of faith, Jesus, we believe you can calm the storm and we pray in your name to do something, none of that. Yet Jesus still calmed the storm. Sometimes Jesus did heal and noted the faith of those who asked. The centurion, I just said, that's the extreme example of great faith. To that woman who's uh, had the issue of bleeding, he said, your faith has made you well. To Bartimaeus who was blind, he said, your faith has healed you. So at times it was faith, belief that Jesus could heal. And because of that faith, Jesus did act. And we are told in Mark that Jesus in one town didn't do many miracles because the people didn't have faith. And so it almost seems contradicting, doesn't it? That sometimes people were healed with no faith. In the Gospel of John, there's the blind man that Jesus heals. The blind man doesn't even know who Jesus is. 
It's almost like Jesus just goes to him, hey, I'm going to heal you. Okay. He didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't ask to be healed. So you see, there's those miracles where there's no faith, not even any asking. Jesus simply acts. At other times, he's looking for faith, expecting faith, waiting for an act of faith, a request, a belief before he acts. It simply shows me that God does what he wants to do. (laughs) When he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, we can't manipulate God. And even if we do have great faith and we ask, God is not obligated to heal or to do a miracle for us. Part of asking with faith is to trust Him enough to know that He knows what's best. And so as we ask with great faith, we trust Him that He may not give us a miracle. But if He doesn't, we have the faith to know that that's best for us. So that's true faith. Sometimes faith isn't mentioned at all. We don't know if the person had faith or not. As I said earlier, sometimes people didn't ask for help, yet Jesus acted. Other times they did ask for help. It is interesting to me, Jesus didn't go through a town and just say, healed. You know, and everyone in the town was healed. The normal pattern was for people to come to him and ask. Then he healed. I would say that's still the natural pattern. Again, God is compassionate. He's powerful. At times, He acts because He wants to with no request. But the, if you want to say the normal way to do it, or the normal way it happens, the usual way it happens, is God is waiting. Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and the door will be opened. I often think of myself what I have missed out on simply because I haven't asked God for it. So that's why I said earlier, always when you have a need, ask God. There are lots of miracles where people ask on others' behalf. So it is a good thing that we pray for other people. Because God hears those prayers as well. And our family member, our friend, our fellow church member may receive a miracle because we asked on their behalf. This is the good news. Jesus is still as powerful today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I began the sermon with a prayer that we would be encouraged, that we would have hope. Again, the things that Jesus showed power over is most of what causes us all the problems in our life. And Jesus has power over that. It is interesting to me, again, one thing that Jesus never did do and he can't do, because he won't do it, is he never made people do anything. You see, we have free will. We make choices. God doesn't force us to make a choice. 
God does work in our lives. God does change hearts through circumstances and through the Holy Spirit pleading. But we have to choose. And so as we choose to ask, ask with great faith, and ask for miracles for yourself and for others. As I said earlier, I, when I ask, I ask for things that are impossible, things that are possible, things that I need. I ask for things that I want. As I said, God will straighten me out if I'm asking for the wrong things. Ask. And when God does work in your life, you need to tell people about it. That's the other interesting thing. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the demons especially cried out, Son of God! Jesus said, shut up! <laughs> I can see why, maybe. Jesus didn't want demons going around being his spokespersons, I guess, or spokesdemons, whatever you call them. You know, if he wants someone to testify on his behalf, he doesn't want demons doing it, I guess. But even to some people who wanted to go and tell, he said, shh, don't tell anybody. That seems a little strange, doesn't it? But it is clear, and an example of this is what happened when Jesus fed the 5,000. See, it, it makes perfect sense that when Jesus started healing and started feeding, that a lot of people wanted to follow him. But they only wanted to follow him for those things. And Jesus did not want followers who were superficial and only following because he was getting them free food and healing all of their sicknesses. Those were signs pointing to a greater truth. That he was God, that he was Savior, that they were sinners and needed a Savior. They needed to hear the whole story. And so at first, Jesus at times does tell people not to tell because they haven't heard the whole story yet. But at other times, like that man who was in the cemetery, possessed by a legion of demons, he wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, but I do want you to do something. I want you to go back to your hometown and you tell them what I've done for you. Can you imagine that testimony? It, this is the insane Man, this is the man that lived in the cemetery. Look at him. He's, he's dressed. He's, he's washed. He's shaved. He's speaking normally. And he's not just speaking normally. He's telling us an amazing story about Jesus and his power. I know Jesus has done great things in your life. He saved you. That in itself was enough to tell everybody for eternity. But he's done other things. Things that you would call miracles. Maybe things that you, the world wouldn't call a miracle, but they would say, oh, that's just a coincidence. You know it's not. Tell people what God has done for you. And then some will believe. Some will give praise to God. People will know who Jesus is. Do you, do you see, when we testify to what God has done, 
then all the reasons why Jesus did his miracles are fulfilled. Let's give him thanks and let's tell the world what he has done for us. Father, this morning we are thankful for what you have done in our lives. We are thankful, Lord, and we are filled with hope that you are in control and you have power over everything. So I pray right now, Lord, that we who are in need of your action, of your blessing, of your healing, uh, whatever we need, Lord, I pray right now your people are asking. And they are asking on the behalf of others they know who are in need. And I pray that we are asking with faith and trusting. And God, I pray that we are expecting that you will act and do a miracle in our lives. And Father, I also pray that we would leave here today sharing the great news of what you have done for us. We cannot keep it to ourselves. Lord Jesus, I pray these things in your powerful name. Amen.